So thank you, Pastor Zamandavo, for the invitation to uh, join you this week and to speak about the good word of God. I was thrilled when listening to the testimony, uh, Darren quoted a, a scripture that I want to use, and he used it in the same sense that I want to use it this morning. Then, when the person uh, uh, introduced the praise of worship, he quoted another scripture that I want to use. And then for the third time, unless everything be established in the mouth of two or three witnesses, for the third time, one of the songs used my title, God Will Make a Way. And we need to keep that in our minds all the time that God will make a way. I look back over my life and I see the wonderful things that, that God has done. And I've often said to the Lord, if only you had told me what you were going to do. Do you know, he answers me in the same way every time. I've never heard the audible voice of God. My wife has once. I mean never, but I've learned to recognize the voice of the Lord in my spirit. So when I've said to the Lord, why didn't you tell me what you were doing? His answer has always been the same. Why would you need to walk by faith if you knew everything? If you knew everything, you wouldn't even, we wouldn't even need God. So he doesn't tell us everything. doesn't mean he's not working. It just means he's not telling us everything. And then we walk by faith and we see when we look back on our lives, God made a way where there was no way. So we're going to read the scriptures. I'm reading from Isaiah chapter 43, 14 to 19. Okay, Isaiah, if you're following me, Isaiah 43 verses 14 to 19. This is what the Lord says, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. For your sake, he's speaking to the Jews, of course, for your sake, I will send to Babylon and bring down as fugitives all the Babylonians in the ships in which they took their pride. I am the Lord, your Holy One, Israel's creator, your King. This is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together, and they lay there, never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. What a wonderful portion of scripture. What an encouraging part of scripture 
that we have in verse 19, the Lord actually saying to his people, there to the Jews and through the word of God to each one of us, I am making the way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. He will make a way where there is no way. The Israelites had weary God. They believed, then they sinned, they believed again, then they sinned. And this constant cycle of belief and sinning and belief and sinning, and God became weary with their sin and with their disobedience. But you know, God is faithful. And when God has made promises, he will keep those promises because it's not our faithfulness, it's his faithfulness. Yes, we are called to be faithful to the Lord. But we all admit it. We're not always brilliant at being faithful, are we? Not every single moment of every day. But he never fails. He is always, always, always faithful. And God is so faithful such a wonderful keeper of his promises that yet again, in spite of their constant sinning, yet again, he says he will care for them. He will provide for them. He will give them a hope and a future. And speaking of their future, God promises in, in Isaiah's prophecy, that Messiah will come and will come again. So even though for the Israelites, there were tough times ahead, and who knows what is ahead for us while we're in this world? Yes, even though tough times were ahead for the Israelites, God promised, in spite of the tough times, in spite of the difficult times, whatever the future may hold, I will make a way through the desert, through the wilderness. And, and, and I've discovered in my life, in fact, I was working out this morning, how long have I been walking with the Lord? And actually it's 58 years. 58 years of walking with the Lord, and he's never failed me. Not once. Never, never failed me yet. Miracles upon miracles. You know that song, Count Your Blessings? Name them one by one. I could keep you for days telling you of the wonderful miracles that have been in my life and in our life. We decided, my wife and I, when we were first married, we've just celebrated our 50th wedding anniversary, when we were first married we decided we did not want just an ordinary married life. Go to work, come home, sleep, go to work, come home, sleep, and eating in between. We didn't want that. So we set about immediately finding out what was God's will, and we've had such an exciting life. Easy? Oh, no. No, not easy. Blessed? Very much so. 
Would we do it again? Oh, yes, for sure. Why would we want to forfeit the blessing of the Lord and forfeit the will of God? So we have found in our lives that even though there have been times when we've wondered which way do we turn, which way do we go, we've discovered in those times God is a specialist. He's a specialist in making a way where there is no way. He's a specialist in revealing his power in the most difficult of situations, in the toughest of times. God's got it all worked out. He already knows. God is already in the future. He's already got it worked out. He calls on us to be faithful. He calls on us to be trusting that God will open the way and make a way where there is no way. Yes, God is a specialist in demonstrating his power. Yes, for sure, God knew that the Israelites would turn away from him and come back to him and turn away from him, come back and turn away. He knew their cycle, he knew their cycle would continue. But God also knew his faithful people. God knows those that trust him implicitly. God knows that will walk in his footsteps. God knows his faithful people. And do you know, we are his favorites. Those that are children of God. Doesn't the scripture say in the gospels that God shows favor to those that are his? I know it's often quoted in the King James Version about uh, uh, what the angels say, uh, about God showing favor to all men. Well, actually, it should be translated, God shows favor on those who are his. We are his children. We're his favorite children. And he delights in blessing his children. So God knows those who are faithful. You know, those that were taken into Babylon, they weren't taken into Babylon because they were the unfaithful ones. They were taken into Babylon because they were the faithful ones. The unfaithful Israelites stayed in Jerusalem and were killed. The faithful ones were taken into Babylon because it was God's intention that he would rebuild Israel and Jerusalem and the temple and the walls with the remnant that had been taken out of the way, the faithful remnant that were saved. That's why God told them when they arrived in Babylon, thinking that they were being punished, God says, now, listen, it's in Jeremiah 29, 11. You know the verse so well. But he told them, he said, now then, you're here. You're in Babylon. Marry, build houses, serve those that rule over you. Why? 
because I've got plans for you. Live as if you are in blessing because I've got plans for you that will bless you. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you, but to give you a hope and a future. So God knew his faithful ones. He took them into protective uh, captivity and 70 years later brought them out to rebuild uh, the nation. What a wonderful verse it is when we realize that God, being the same yesterday, today, and forever, still holds that promise secure for each one of us. I know, I know the plans I have for you. God never reacts in an emergency because he already knows. He never has to make rash decisions because he already knows. He's never taken by surprise because he already knows. And I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. So God specializes in things, you remember the song, God specializes in things called impossible. We have a God of the impossible. He doesn't ask us to do the impossible. He asks us to do what is possible with the power of God in us. He's the God that's the God of the impossible. And he delights to show his power. He's done it with the Jews. He did it in the New Testament with the Gentiles. And in 2021, he continues to display his power in each one of us. Why? Because he's got plans for us. Plans to give us a hope and a future. In 1978, my wife and I were in a conference and a scripture was given and we, we marked it in the uh, margin of the Bible. Called to overseas ministry. That was in 1978. We thought immediately, start making plans immediately. <laughs> it didn't happen that way. But God never forgot, even though we did. But by the time we got into our 50s, well, I was beginning to think that we must have made a mistake or I'd missed God's timing or whatever. And just at the time when I was thinking, well, now we might as well settle down into the ministry that we have, God uprooted us and brought his plans, working them out absolutely perfectly. He knows we can be confident he is a specialist in making ways where there is no way. So now I ask a question. Is anything too hard for God? You know, God is always working things out, even when we can't see him working. 
And as I've said before, if we knew everything that God was going to do and when he was going to do it and how he was going to do it, why would we need to trust him? Why would we need to walk by faith? No, the Lord loves to surprise his people. Loves us just to depend on him and trust him and see what he's going to do. Yes, he's got a plan and a purpose to bring us through the toughest, the hardest of times. Stronger in faith. That's what testing times are for. God doesn't need to know when he, he doesn't put us into a testing time to give him knowledge. He already knows. You think that when Job went into his times of difficulty that God didn't know? God already knew. If I allow Satan to create difficulties for this man, I know he's going to come through even stronger. No, the testing times don't prove anything to God. He already knows. The testing times is to reveal in our heart so that we will know what we are really like. And when we realise what we are really like, then we need to do a lot of repenting, call upon the name of the Lord. Then we can come through the testing time. The way will open, making a way where there is no way. Yes, he cuts a clear path through everything. Even when we think the situation is hopeless. And I've heard many people say, I am in a hopeless situation and nothing can put this matter right. That's just the time when God shows his power. Excuse me. There we go. That's just the time when God will show his power. Just when we think the situation is hopeless, God then says, now then, it's my turn. God's power shines through when we have come to the end of ourselves. When there's nothing else we can do, that's when God's power shines through. God's power shines through when we have we, we cannot depend on our own abilities whatsoever. God's power shines through. God's power will shine through when we can't depend on anything that we've got. We might have a wonderful home. We might have a good job. We might have a fantastic pension. We might have all these things. But God's power shines through when we realise that as much as we've got, it's not enough. God's power shines through. When we can't rely on anybody that we know, God's power shines through. We're reminded when we are totally and completely reliant on God, that's when we see God's power most of all. He's a specialist and makes a way where there is no way. You see, even though God prophesied to the Israelites about what he was going to do, it happened a long, long time ago. Quite a few thousand years ago when that was spoken of in Isaiah chapter 43. 
But when we read through the scriptures, and we see how God has never changed, my, my uh, devotions in the morning are at the moment taking me through the Acts of the Apostles. And I'm just amazed again at the miracles that God did. His demonstration of power, time after time after time. And so when we read then through history, recent history, coming to the present time, we see God has never changed. He's demonstrated his power then. He's continued to demonstrate his power and he continues to reveal his ability in every single situation. You see, he mentioned when he, God was speaking through Isaiah, he mentioned a few of the, of the things recalling to the, the remembrance of the Israelites, the things that, that God had done. God can split the sea. I mean, just recall, you've got these millions, somewhere between three million and six people, the numbers vary according to people's calculations, but three million to six million people coming out of Egypt, they've come to the Red Sea and they're stuck. They've got the sea in front of them and the enemy behind them. They can't go to the left or the right. Wherever they look, they're stuck. They cannot go anywhere. See in front, enemy behind. What can they do? Somebody was once uh, uh, demonstrating and they said, you know, that's a mistranslation when, it, when the Bible says uh, that the Israelites crossed the Red Sea. He said, naturally, it should be the Sea of Reeds, or the Reed Sea. He said, and how did the Israelites pass? Well, the Reed Sea is very shallow, only about six inches deep. So the Israelites were able just to paddle across and escape. At that, as this man was saying that, another man began to jump up and clap his hands and to praise the Lord. He was so excited. And the man that was explaining how there really wasn't a miracle said, what's going on here? What's happening? And this man said, I'm just praising the Lord because I've realized God drowned the entire Egyptian army in six inches of water. God made a way, whether it was the Reed Sea or the Red Sea, it doesn't matter which sea it was. God made a way where there was no way and destroyed completely the enemy of the Israelites. And there are many times you have experienced it, I've experienced it, when we have been in such a tight spot no way forward, no way back, can't turn to the left or the right. What do we do? And then suddenly the way opens up. See, the enemy does have power, but not all power. He does have knowledge of the past and the present, but not the future. God 
is already in the future preparing the way for each one of us. So when you are in a difficult situation, you may be in that tight spot even now. Keep trusting God. The way will open up and the enemy will be destroyed. I remember many years ago, somebody saying about the enemy of our souls. And they said, actually, he roars like a lion, but he's a toothless lion. He's got no teeth. When it comes to God, God crushes him under his feet. So God splits the sea. God can make a way through the wilderness. When the Israelites came through the Red Sea and they were wandering in the wilderness for 40 years, the Israelites were in the desert. And what happened? They sometimes got hungry. God provided manna every morning, quails flying in. God met their need when they were hungry. When they were thirsty, God said to Moses, strike the rock. Later on, speak to the rock. And water came gushing out. When they were hungry, he fed them. When they were thirsty, he gave them water and brought them into the promised land. You find yourself wondering sometimes, you feel you're in a wilderness situation and you hardly know which way to turn and which way to go. Well, after 40 years, we read, not God not only fed them, God not only watered them, but we read through uh, the uh, Exodus that God even made sure their clothes and their sandals did not wear out. They thought they were lost. God knew exactly where they were. We think we're sometimes in a wilderness situation. God knows exactly where you are, knows exactly what you need, and will open the way. Do you know how God opened the way? They came to the River Jordan. Fast-flowing river. To get into the promised land, they got to cross it. The priest took the Ark of the Covenant, sign of God's presence, and as soon as their feet touched the River Jordan, it dried up and opened up. Again, someone was explaining, well, it wasn't really a miracle, you know, because at that time, further up, in the, in the river, there'd been a landslide which blocked the river so that when the priest walked in, it dried up because the river had become blocked with this landslide. Well, do you know, friends, even if that was so, it doesn't bother me at all. Because I think to myself, well, even if there was a landslide that blocked the river so that the Israelites could pass on dry land, God had brought upwards of three million people out of Egypt, through the Red Sea, wandering in the wilderness, in the desert, for 40 years, and got them to that point in the Jordan, just when that landslide would take place and the river would dry up. So even if that did happen, it's not a problem to me, it's a miracle of wonderful timing, God's wonderful timing. We cannot escape one way or another, 
a miracle took place. God made a way where there was no way. So I've never found anybody yet that's been adequately able to explain away God's miracles in the Old and the New Testament. Because if they say it happened one way, now I think, well, God's wonderful timing. We cannot escape the fact we are serving a God of miracles. God can conquer any giant. You know, David was not very tall. The average height of the Israelites at the time was around about five feet two. Saul, King Saul, was head and shoulders above everybody else, only about five feet six. So David was young, he was a shepherd, he was not very tall, and Goliath was massive, big. He got all this army, uh, sorry, all this armor. He got a sword and a shield bearer. He was protected from head to foot, except for one small spot. He got a soft spot that was unprotected. And David takes five stones. He hurls with his sling. And God made sure that that stone found Goliath's soft spot. It was the only thing uncovered. And it wasn't very big. But that stone went right into that soft spot and Goliath was no more. Have you ever thought, why did David, when he only needed one stone, why did David pick up five stones? I wonder why. why did, what was he lacking in faith and thinking, well, if the first one doesn't work, I've got four more to go. Why did he choose five stones? Well, if you look into 2 Samuel, in chapter 2 and verse 18, you will discover that Goliath had four brothers, all as big as he was. So David picks five stones, because if Goliath goes down, there's four more to go. However, the other four stones were not needed. I don't know fully why, because the Bible doesn't say, but I suspect that when the four brothers of Goliath saw what happened to him, they got more sense than to come against God's man. And so God defeated Goliath with a young boy, with a sling, and these, these stones. We've all had giants in our life. You might even have a giant in your life right now. I'll tell you something, we've got something even better than stones. David had stones. Do you know what we've got? I'll read it to you. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12. The word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. That's better than stones. The word of God, sharper even than 
two-edged sword. How did Jesus gain the victory over Satan when Jesus was in the desert and tempted for 40 days and 40 nights while he fasted? How did Jesus overcome and defeat the enemy? With stones? No, the enemy had already told him he could turn those to bread. It is written, said Jesus. On those three occasions, and the Bible tells us that Satan only left him for a short time, so there were other temptations. But each time, it is written. He gained the victory through this word of God that is sharper than any two-edged sword, dividing spirit and soul, defeating our enemy. He closes the mouth of lions. When Daniel was in the lion's den, those lions were always kept hungry. So as soon as they saw any indication of food, they were there. It's tough, isn't it, friends? when our accusers have got their mouths wide open. It's hard when we're being spoken against. The mouths of lions are opening, ready to devour us. But you know what I've discovered in my life? I've discovered on more than one occasion the truth of Romans 12, 19. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, Leave room for God's wrath. See, if we take revenge, we're not leaving any room for God. Don't take revenge. Leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it's mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. And I've lived long enough now to prove. If I've tried, I have failed. When I leave it to God, there's success every single time. So we have seen through the scriptures, he always, without fail, always makes a way where there is no way. Prison doors need opening, God opens them. But now let's answer some questions. My first question is, I've just got five questions. My first question is, is anything too hard for God? My second question is, will God make a way where there is no way? Thirdly, will God protect us in the flames of adversity. Fourth, will God lift us up in life storms when and not allowing us to go under? And fifth question, is God still the God of miracles? If he isn't, then he's changed. If God has ceased, his miracle working power, then he's not the same God that the Israelites knew and that the Gentiles knew in the Acts of the Apostles. But here's the verse. 
quoted earlier on in our service. Hebrews 13, verse 8. He is the same yesterday and today and forever. Do you know why I know that verse so well? My grandmother sang that for 90 years. Every time we were in her home and she was busy doing the housework or cooking, all the time we could hear her singing, Yesterday, today, forever, Jesus is the same. All, all may change, but Jesus never. Glory to his name. So for 90 years, I heard that being sung, drilled into me, and it stayed with me even today. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He will make a way where there is no way. Don't go under, friends. Don't cease trusting him. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Take your eyes off surroundings. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. For he's the same yesterday and today and forever. I will make a way, says the Lord, in the desert and in the wilderness. I do have plans for you, not to harm you, but to give you a hope and a future. Let's pray.